Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, as always, presented by our fantastic friends over at Scentlock. Scentlock has some new products coming out, which I am incredibly excited about. I'm not a saddle hunter. Uh, haven't haven't dove into that yet, but they're coming out with a full kit uh, for the saddle hunter. So if you are a saddle hunter, I would make sure and tune in hot and heavy to Scentlock to see all the new products for the saddle hunting kit they're putting together. I've got a friend of mine, a uh, a boss of mine. He gets to boss me around, no doubt about it. I've got Mr. Jason Roundsville from Pope and Young. How are you, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Dylan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I uh, I was I, I wanted to. We just announced this week um, a partnership between Bear and Pope and Young. Um, that's exciting because Bear Very. has backed Pope and Young in a way that. Um, well, it's, uh, anybody who buys a new bear bow gets a free membership to Pope and Young, which is exciting. Um, what, how'd that come about? Um, you know, it's, it, this is one of the things that, that has come recently for us as we have looked for ways to put the partnership into our corporate partner program. You know, Bear's a, a great corporate partner. You mentioned Scentlock earlier, great corporate partner. Um, and anyway, this is one of those things that when we started looking at ways that we could could create a bigger partnership with these guys, this came out. And, uh, you know, our marketing director was instrumental in making this thing happen. He's decent. And he's pretty good. When he's on, he's on, man. <laughs> and so uh, it, it just, I think it's relationships and partnerships and, you know, bear has made a commitment to bow hunting. You know, they look at it and they said, gosh, you know, Pope and young is the organization that represents bow hunters today. And, you know, so bear has made a commitment to say, we believe in bow hunting. We believe in Pope and young. And, and obviously the, the roots with Pope and young and, and bear archery, Fred bear himself, they're, they're intertwined. So, yeah. um, great partnership just great people to work with and and uh, we're very proud to have him as a partner well one thing i'm most excited about with this promotion which speaking of scentlock spend 500 dollars on scentlock's website you get a free pope and young membership as well um but one thing that i was most excited about when this happened was that you know whether you're buying your very first bow and it happens to be a bear legit or, or whether you're you know upgrading to a refine or a new recurve whatever it is Wherever you're at in your bow hunting journey, Pope and Young is for you. Pope and Young is for any and all bow yeah. hunters. And, and for such a long time, it was viewed at as, well, I've got to have an animal in the books, or I just started hunting. Maybe one day I'll reach the level of being able to be a part of Pope right. and Young. Um, and I think, you know, when somebody buys that bow, it just shows that, you know, they get the email and welcome to Pope and Young, which I might, I might say you have to register your bow in order to get that membership but when they register that bow it's like wait a minute i i can have a free membership to pope and young just because i'm a bow hunter absolutely yeah. um and, and i think it's just it's vitally important to not only the heritage of pope and young and bear archery that that you already alluded to have such a rich history but it, it tells that bow hunter this is my first bow i've ever bought and now i have a pope and young membership um because pope and young's for any and all bow hunters not just record holders not just those who have one in the book, not just those. If you're a bow hunter, you belong to Pope and Young. 
Yeah, it's, you know, we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. And it's it's one of those things where where we speak for people. We're we have stuff across my desk every week and we respond to it, you know, whether we support or oppose or remain neutral. It's all how does it affect bow hunting? Yeah. Doesn't matter how it affects salmon, doesn't matter how it affects, you know, sandhill cranes. It's if it's good for bow hunting, then we support right. it. Which, so. and that's, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in supporting your local, local archery clubs, uh, your Rocky mountain mm-hmm. elk foundations. If you're an elk hunter, your ducks unlimited, if you're a duck hunter. Um, but if you're a bow hunter, then you should certainly be a member of the national organization that constantly on a day-to-day basis fights for your bow hunting rights. And that's Pope and young. Um, yes. now sure. Uh, still, still support and, and stand behind your local clubs, Absolutely. But on a national level, there is nobody who's who's fighting for your bow hunting rights like Pope and Young. And, and it's just it's encouraging to see companies like Bear Archery and Scentlock um, who say, you know what, we we stand behind Pope and Young so much that if you're a customer of ours, we want you to be a member of Pope and Young. And that's yeah. it's encouraging not only for Pope and Young, it's encouraging for Bear Archery and it's encouraging for the bow hunting community as a whole. It is. And and when you see an organization that steps up in in a way like bear archery has done for this promotion it's um you know there's always criticism for for folks that maybe you know people individuals personalities companies that don't give back to the very absolutely you know you see that all the time in our industry a lot of people give back a lot of people you know um you know are just haven't got to the point yet where they're ready to give back and here bear has said hey this this is how we're going to this is one of the ways we're giving back and they do and we're just you know we're excited about it we think it's it's going to move the needle for us it's going to give us access to some folks that maybe wouldn't otherwise join pope and young yeah because they do you know they think it's oh well you know i don't have a world record i don't have a top 10 or whatever it is whatever the reason maybe it's just hey i don't want to spend the 45 bucks whatever that reason is now we've removed all those roadblocks and you know you can jump in find out if it's for you i think you know you mentioned earlier it's it's for every bow hunter I would, I would expand that out. I think it's for every archer because, you know, we deal with issues even sometimes where, oh, well, they want to prohibit, you know, the discharge of, of a bow in county limits or whatever. That stuff still rolls across our desk. We oppose it because bow hunters shoot, but we also, you know, the, the byproduct of that is that we're helping the the archery community. So absolutely. you know, I look at it as, you know, in this case, you literally have nothing to lose. If you're a seasoned hunter, you know what Pope and Young's all about. You you've been there. Maybe you haven't gotten your first animal yet that qualifies, or or maybe you just haven't gotten around to it. Come see what we're about. Make the choice to put your stuff in the book. Um, the other thing is, if you're a first time hunter, you know, check out Pope and Young. We've got articles in our magazine from folks like chuck adams you know probably the best bow hunter on the planet who happens to shoot a bear bow um you, you know you have it, it, you come to convention and you sit down at a table and without even knowing it because he's so unassuming you're literally having a conversation with jack frost who's a legendary bow hunter i mean imagine if you could be a new bow hunter or a new archer and you just get to go hang out with the best in the world i mean it's here's your opportunity to do that i remember i i brought before we dive into that hold on let me just say this uh because we can move on from the bow deal um a lot of companies make good bows uh, yeah. i'm not saying that however not all bow companies stand behind you as a bow hunter um, and bear archery has stepped up and said, we will support your rights as a bow hunter. Um, so mm-hmm. as you're gearing up, it's July 5th. No, it's July 7th. When this comes out, um, you're going to start looking for new bows soon for the upcoming fall. Um, this is one reason to look at bear archery, uh, because they're not only giving you a fantastic product, but they're standing behind you as a bow hunter. Um, yeah. 
And this last convention, I took my wife and I walked in and I'm like a kid in a candy store. And she's like, what are you, what's, why are you giddy? And I'm like, Chrissy, this is Michael Waddell. I'm like, Chrissy, that's Tom Miranda. Chrissy, yeah. that's Jack Frost. That's, that's Jim uh, Willems. Yeah. Jim Willems. That's, uh, I mean, I could go on. That's, that's Remy Warren. That's, you know, and, and all these legendary bow hunters, that's yeah. Alan Bolin. And, and then not only that, but like they walk up and sit down with you and, the highlight of, of the whole week, Chrissy said, like, we got home. She's like, well, you know, hey. And I'm like, what? She said, Alan Boland said I'm funny. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, but but it's really that type of, of interaction. And the fact that you sit down with these legendary bow hunters and they're literally like, well, what's next for you? Like, they don't, t- they don't care yeah. to tell you their accolades and, and how good they are. Like, Tom Miranda literally was, like, fired up that I had shot a doe with a recurve and, and legitimately fired up, yeah. you know, it wasn't like a, Oh, cool. I hunt Africa, you know, and, every three days. And there's a guy who's done it all. I mean, you talk yeah. about a guy who's been everywhere in the world shooting everything there is to shoot. Tom Rand has done it. And you're right. You talked twice. To him. He's done it twice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's, and, and it's just surprising because having been in the outdoor industry for, you know, three decades or actually a little bit more now, um, I look at it and some people, you know, that have had a, a, even a fraction of the success of, of someone like Tom, you know, some of those guys, they can't wait to tell you all about it and all about it and all about it. And here those guys and gals are just as interested, you know, like you said, of hearing what you're up to and what's your next hunt. And, uh, and, and it's not that, you know, Jack Frost, we were talking to him and, you know, here's a guy who's done all 29 with the bow and, uh, we're like, you know, what, what's your next big hunt you're excited about? He says, Hey, I'm headed home. I'm gonna go hunt the family ranch for whitetails. Yeah, and he was, it was a doe only hunt. It was a doe hunt and he was jazzed about it. And, and you look at that and you're like, man, you just have to respect that because the drive to hunt is there. The drive to be you know, uh, stalking up the mountain or sitting in a tree with a bow, it's there and it's real. And, and it makes you check yourself. Cause you're like, man, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm looking for something big, you know, what's a moose hunt or something like that. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going home. I'm going to hunt in the back, you know, back, yeah, 40. back 40 for white tail does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we move on, which I didn't tell you the direction this podcast was going to go because I want to throw you off every chance I get. Um, but before we move on, I got to give a quick thank you to our friends over at Forerunner Blinds. I, uh, a couple weeks ago, made the journey to Iowa to pick up a couple new blinds, a uh, new Baku e-bike, and these blinds are absolutely phenomenal. Um, I was in the market for a blind, and the place I hunt um, has a lot of opportunity to move blinds and have different blind setups, and I didn't want to have a whole lot of blinds on this property, um, and so I was really just looking for options. I found Forerunner blinds and they are phenomenal. They've got pop-out wheels so you can pop the wheels down and pull them wherever you want to go. You can connect them right to your Baku, four-wheeler, golf cart, side-by-side, whatever you want. Pull them across the farm, pop the wheels back down, and you have a phenomenal blind. The biggest windows in the industry. It's a big blind. I like big blinds because I like to move around. I like to take my kids. I like to take my wife, uh, whether I'm filming, whatever. It's a big blind. You've got to go check out Forerunner for for blinds and for uh, e-bikes. Five minutes before we started this, somebody was pounding on my door. And I'm like, that can only be my stinking father-in-law. So I go upstairs and he's like, what's up, D? And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And he's like, I need the keys. And I'm like, to what? And he's like, you're back who, brother. And I'm like, why? Why? And he's like, I got to go get my haircut across town. And I was going to take the bike. And so, That's and so awesome. He drove past the haircutting place to get to my house just to get the bike to ride it to the haircut place. That's and hilarious. I just said, dude, you better pull it in there or like lock it up or something. Because if that bike gets stolen, it's on you. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I haven't used them yet, but I saw those blinds at ATA. At ATA. And, you know, and what was neat for me is I just went over there and started talking to him and and I was talking to the owner, founder slash owner, and man, what a great guy. And you have to appreciate that somebody, they're in the business 
to make it better, to make your experience yeah. better. And I'm like, I love that. Cause he, like, he's looking at all the finite little details of how this blind is going to work in the field. And yeah. it's kind of some of the same little, you know, little gadget things that I would do. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, and one thing too, um, without getting too sales pitchy, um, one thing too, I got a, it's called the alpaca and it's a trailer that you hook onto your Baku. Um, you can pull it wherever you want. It's got wheels, but then the wheels pop up and you put a trailer hitch on it. And now it's a cargo holder for your bike on the truck, um, as well as coolers, ice chest, whatever else. But so now you've got a trailer hitch that carries your bike. And then when you get there is a trailer for the bike. And, and that's what I've really liked about him is everything from the blinds to the alpacas, to the bikes, the trailers, they all act as several different things. So it's not yeah. like oh, I can only use this during hunting season. You can use it year round and it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the reason I wanted to have you on, um, we recently have went through some stuff and without getting into too much detail, we've had a lot of conversation about how bows today perform phenomenal. Uh, whether you're buying mm -hmm. a $299 legit or a thousand dollar refined, they're all going to perform great. They're all going to shoot great. Um, and so I just want to encourage the listener, don't get sucked into that trap that you have to no. spend $1,800 on a bow in order to kill stuff. Um, I'm a huge preacher of, of, you know, I, I hear guys all the time say, well, how do you get to go on that hunt? How do you, how do you afford to go, uh, just booked a, an Idaho elk hunt? How do you afford to book that hunt? And I'm like, well, you know, don't spend $2,000 on a new bow every year. And all of a sudden you can go on more hunts. Yeah. Um, and, and so we've had these conversations and you kind of shared, you know, your backstory on, you know, starting with, with less than average equipment and, and Hey, it killed it back then. So hey, back in the day, man, it was that golden Eagle was cool. It was, <laughs> it was a, uh, you know, it, it, and that was part of the reason I started with that bows. A, it was a price point on the low end and B it had, you know, this, this goes back to, oh man, the eighties. And so, and it had the recurved compound limbs, you know, it was a compound bow with kind of a recurve. just looked so cool. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's cool. But I mean, I was shooting 80 pounds with an aluminum arrow. And I mean, what I was doing with an 80 pound bow 30 years ago, you could probably do with a 40 pound yeah, bow today. hundred percent. I mean, the, the technology is ridiculous. And I, and I've heard, you know, I was talking to a guy and it, anyway, he says, well, I'm too good to shoot an entry level bow. And I'm like, that yeah. entry level bow is still top notch. Is it the very best of the very, very best of every single integral part maybe not but that overall bow when you really look at it is is great and i mean we gave some uh we worked with bear on a a project that pope and young did with wishes for warriors we had an event in utah we brought six warriors in we had some of our board members um you know longtime archers basically teach these guys how to shoot on a bear legit bow yeah um and then they shot for a couple hours they did a 3d course um and then that night they didn't know it and then that night we gave those bows to the warriors and man it was like a huge it, it was great and they just loved them and you couldn't tell them that those weren't four thousand dollar bow packages yeah you know and my dude that was something that was something shout out to bear for helping us out. Uh, but that was something sure. that I, you know, I knew it was going to be cool. I'm like, we're giving warriors new bows. It's going to be cool. Um, but I had no idea it was going to be that emotional would be the word. I mean, they're up yeah. there tearing up. I mean, you know, you've got guys who have lost legs and, and limbs and, and literally laid their lives down for us to have the right to bow hunt. And they had never been introduced to archery. And I heard them saying, they're like, how do I get this thing home? Because I want to go home and shoot now. And, yeah. and like, it changed their lives. At least I hope it did. But it changed their lives. And 
man, I had no idea it was going to be that special of a thing. So um, it was incredible, man. And I so the most question I get asked is I want to get into archery. What bow should I get? Um, well, first off, look at budget. I mean, that's the biggest thing. But if if money is is out of the picture, the Bear Alaskan, in my opinion, is the best. I mean, if if Chuck Adams shoots it, it's good enough. Um, yeah, if it's good enough for Chuck Adams, guess what? I <laughs> don't care for who anyone. You are, it's good enough for you. Yeah, that's um, bottom line. And you're looking at five hundred and twenty nine dollars for a, a bow that. <laughs> is a flat out shooter. Um, and and I, I, I mean, I have no skin in the game. I, I have the refine, um, which is the flagship bow from bear. I have the refine. And when I shot the Alaskan, um, I literally looked at the guys from bear and I'm like, take this bow back because I want the Alaskan. Um, it's a phenomenal shooting rig for $529. But my wife last year killed two does, um, with a, a legit and it worked just fine. And she's shooting 46, six pounds ish and it works just fine she blew through the deer um and it works just fine so guys that's really why i wanted to have jason on you don't have to overcomplicate your setups um just go out and enjoy the sport of archery and shoot what works for you um don't ca- get caught up in the game of of well that bows three thousand dollars it's got to be better um maybe but you'll never shoot the difference anyways um that's- so you know, and I, I hear people talk about that and, you know, you, well, you know, I, I need this bow and I'm like, well, have you shot it? Well, no, but I, I know I need that because it's such and such. And I'm like, you know, go shoot some bows. And it, you, you mentioned budget when you're talking about bows. I, I was bow. I went bow shopping. I, I don't know, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, something like that. And uh, I hadn't had a new one in a while, a long time. And so, so I you walked were 22 in. at the time somewhere in there yeah Yeah. and uh so i go walking in and in the bow shop the first question he asked me is how much do you want to spend now do i have the ability to to drop three grand on a bow setup absolutely but am i going to spend it just to spend it just to say hey i spent a ton of money no man i'm cheap i want a deal and so i told him i said hey i'll spend i'll spend as much as i need to but i only want to spend as little as i have to I mean, if you can tell me, if you can show me that that high end, you know, multi mega bow is better and worth the difference, I'll, I'll pony up for it. But at the time I shot a lot of bows and I did not wind up with the top of the line bow because I could not, I shot the two and I couldn't tell the, I honestly could not tell the difference. You know, this, this last go round, I got, you know, kind of like you, I got a, got kind of a deal on one of the upper end bows and, and it's been great, but you know, it's, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people put more into that than what's really there. And I say, good, you know, there's no substitute, go shoot them. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and you even said one time, you're like, if I put homeboy in a room, in yeah. a dark room, now the only way I could ever tell is because of grips, but give a standard grip on every bow. Let mm-hmm. them shoot every bow in the dark. They can't see the bow. They can't. They don't right. get to look at it. They don't get to see the color. They don't get the. The grip is the same on each bow, and they can't tell you whether they're shooting a five hundred twenty nine dollar bow or a fourteen hundred dollar bow. No, and and you know what? There's probably people who can, but I'm not, not one of them. No. <laughs> Anybody who could probably tell the difference in those, they're, they're somebody's probably giving them bows anyway. I don't know. Well, they're yeah, they're 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 the guys who are making the bows. <laughs> yeah, I just you know it, it's funny. Yeah, earlier, you know, you mentioned Bear and and great partner to work with. Um, you know, being in the archery industry and the bow hunting community, it's I've actually been a little disappointed in in some of the bow companies that haven't stepped up like Bear has. You know, I mean, there's, there's companies out there giving people million dollars to shoot their bow in some little competition over here. And I'm like, and you can't pony up like to support bow hunting. And it really surprises me. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Well, and it's because it's all, it's all a marketing game. It's all a game of, well, X shooter over here is going to shoot in front of, you know, 700,000 people. 
Pope and Young's membership is not 700,000 people. That's not the not point. Yet. Yeah. Not yet. That's not the but point. That that quote unquote shooter may never do anything to for further you. bow hunting for anyone other than himself. You're absolutely I, right. And I'm not I'm not saying that not everybody's that way. Some people are that way. They they would literally you know not do something for you as soon as they would do something for you. And that's 100% not how, how you and I go, but it just shows the commitment from Bear to to jump into that arena. And you know, we hope at Pope and Young to be the partners that give back that that bring business back to the organizations that support us. But you know, Bear's taking a leap of faith and jumping in and saying, "Hey, we're going to support bow hunting and if something comes back to us, great." But it needs to be done. That's pretty absolutely. Pretty cool. And and I think the biggest the biggest thing that people need to understand is without Pope and Young, ex shooter over there that's getting paid three million dollars just to shoot a bow, he might not even have the rights to shoot a bow anymore. Like <laughs> you know, if you're not willing to support the rights as a bow hunter, then you might not even be around anymore. Like if bow hunting is illegal then you no longer have a company. You no longer have yeah. a living. You no longer get to make a living. You no longer have a job. And yeah. so why not support the guys who are literally on the front lines for you fighting for your rights as a bow hunter? Yeah. So, and that's all it comes down to. It, it does. And and there's a lot of great people that give back and, and are amazing to work with. It just always surprises me when people don't. I guess it's yeah. just not how I was you know, brought up. Absolutely. So I'm going to spring a question on you. All right. Mainly because you've never answered it. Uh, you've oh, asked no. Them. You've now asked I know what people. question this is. So um, if you've ever listened to the Pope and Young podcast, um, which the two guys that host that are phenomenally handsome, um, yes. very well-spoken, really good dudes. So head very, over and listen to the Pope and Young dudes. podcast. Yeah. But Jason here. They do that one on a video, on a Zoom video, just because. Just of so you reasons. can look at them. Yeah. Yeah. hundred sure. percent. Um, but Jason here has asked the question to 85 guests now, but I don't think he's ever actually answered it. Um, so Jason, when you're out in the field, what's one non-traditional hunting item that you don't find yourself without? Whew. See, that's a hard one because we've asked. I mean, dozens and dozens of people that, and I've heard some great answers. I mean, bacon, phenomenal answer. Phenomenal uh, answer. And he um, killed and a world that, record, so I have bacon in my pack now. Yes. Um, you know, there's <laughs> been some other ones, you know, uh, Uncrustables. You know, when, yeah. when Nick's telling you that, hey, he puts on, that was kind of a game changer because I, I had never heard of Uncrustables. And now... Now your I've life heard has of Uncrustables. Changed. I mean, we've done some experimentation with those at a at a mountain archery festival. Um, you know, in my pack, and and I'm I'm the guy. I pack for each trip a little bit different. You know, if I'm if I'm chasing elk, and it's a you know a day hunt, I I tend to load my pack up. But if it's a you know a a, a big I don't know. I'm I'm not on the 10 day backpack hunts very often. So I probably tend to have a little bit of extra stuff in there. Me too. I wish I had a great answer. I really do. Cause I've heard some great answers. I just, for me, uh, see, I know what your answer is though. And you're not saying it. Oh, you do. Yeah. Is it, is it a diet do it's gotta be a diet. Do. It's gotta be a diet. Do. And if anybody from Mountain Dew is listening, <laughs> We have sponsorship opportunities for Pope and Young. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I forget. I, I forget who it was. I think it's Nick Hoffman. When we were talking to Nick about coming in um, for a convention, and then I I just was flipping through channels in a hotel and I saw his show come on, and I think either Mountain Dew or Diet Mountain Dew sponsors his his program, and I'm like, yeah. you know what? Um, we need to make that connection. So no, I you know. That's that's not even fair because I never go anywhere without diet do. That just goes without saying. So, um, but that that's something definitely. I like to have snacks. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of the uh, Outdoor Edge 
knives yeah. with the exchange of blades. Oh, yeah. So for me, I like to have, you know, extra blade in there. I don't know why I'm so cheap. I still try to sharpen the old ones, but I like to have an extra blade. <laughs> <laughs> they're like it's seven like, bucks a blade <laughs> i'm telling you it's like i just some things you know there's a tv commercial where it's it's you know try to keep from becoming your parents or something i think it's an insurance deal i'm not even sure what it's for but i find myself doing that i'm like oh my gosh i am resharpening that's me <laughs> throw away knife blades i am becoming my father I can't tell you how many times though I've done something and Chrissy was like, I think it's, is it all state? No, no, no. It's a progress. I don't know. Either way. She's like, you would make their commercials with that. Yes, and I'm like, yes. what do you mean? And yeah. she's like, you're acting like your, your dad, you're acting like a 90 year old man. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, I like to have extra blades, even if I'm too cheap to use them, which uh, hey. is, is fine. I'm going to die with like a, a shoebox full of new blades in the pack in the package. <laughs> and then they're going to pull out your hunting pack and there's going to be a banged up, bruised up blade that you've sharpened 40 times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hey, uh, that's kind of a testament to those guys. It's like they're making a knife blade designed to throw away. That's good enough that you can put a blade or put an edge back on it. That's yeah. pretty crazy. <laughs> my, uh, one of my really good friends, uh, his name's Nick Deaker. Um, he owns and operates Nick's knife works and he makes some phenomenal hand forged knives. I've seen some pictures. You sent me a picture. Oh yeah, some, I did. Oh yeah. That's Which, legit. Speaking of Pope and young, he is entering the knife competition at our next convention. So, um, uh, I'm excited about that, but uh, I tell him all the time, like, dude, listen, I'm a huge fan of having your knife. I keep it around in my vinyl pack, um, to know I have a sharp hand built, ready to go knife, but I have an Alaska, uh, Alaska guy creations, but I have a, um, outdoor edge in my pack just because it's so easy to pop the blades in and out um but i told nick i say i'll have to say this uh in the one of the spider-man movies he's like fighting this bad guy and the the criminal pulls out a knife and and <laughs> spider-man says oh no is that a knife and he's like yeah it's a knife he said oh my weaknesses are small knives and he's like i don't know what to do now <laughs> and uh, i said dude you need to spoof that part of the movie and make a commercial for for nick's knife works on, on spider on taking down spider-man or something yeah no you know what was cool is i actually bought some uh outdoor edge knives um they came out with the folder in the with the longer blade it's like yes. a bon boning blade yeah yeah and uh and anyway, you know, the funny thing is I they kind of changed the way I do things because I'd I always just had a knife and then I got one of their I think I renewed my Pope and Young thing. And at the time we had a, a deal where you got a little three knife set from them. Yeah. And man, when you have all three knives at your fingertips, you use a different knife than what you normally would have. You use a boning knife to bone stuff out. Yeah. And, and so after I kind of realized that in my forties. Um, it, it's, uh, it was one of those things where they came out with that same knife or a very similar one with the exchange of blade, you know, the, yeah. the throwaway blade. And, um, I'll tell you what, I, I thought it was so great. I bought them for my dad and brother and this was last December and I was, uh, at the river and I saw my brother and in the back of his boat, he's got that knife and the thing looks like he's had it for 10 years i mean he is using it and i'll tell you it makes you feel good when you buy something for somebody and then they use the heck out of it so Dude, that I, uh, sp speaking of gifts for your for family members i got my dad a pope and young um measuring tape they're like five bucks i think yeah but they're gold and they're you know they're nice and they're heavy and mm -hmm. and uh i gave it to him for christmas and it was part of a large package i got him you know a couple of the traditional only books and uh but he was fired up about that tape measure dude and he's like everyone at deer camp's gonna think i'm an official measure i'm like well there you go dad like i didn't know i could change your life with five bucks but i did yeah so. well i think you know i looked on facebook I was kind of going through last season through Facebook. And I think there's a lot of people out there who probably need to purchase a tape measure <laughs> instead of just flat out making up a number. Yeah. Instead of using their fingers and uh, it's about no. 180. 
No, some of these guys are, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I talked to a guy the other day and and he and he's like, Yeah, I, I got this elk. You know, I, it was you know 406. And I'm like, that's a big elk. Was it? Like, yeah, and then I oh yeah, I got another one, you know, 387. And he says, then I shot a couple of raghorns, you know, 330, 340. And I'm like, you know what? This guy shot a 312, a 308, and a couple of, you know, like 240 bulls. That's where he's realistically yeah. at. Then I asked him, I said, Well, did you enter him? No, I don't need that. And it's like, yeah, you don't want the truth. It's yeah. like there's there's no reason not to you're shooting supposedly a 400 inch but you know bull elk yeah there's no reason not to put that in there other than you just don't want somebody to fact check that speaking of record books um we pope and young um let me just pull it up i just submitted the press release just so i make sure and get all the information correct um we're coming out with the ninth edition record book and this the reason i got to pull it up is because there's some facts in here that even myself uh didn't believe like when they when they told me what was happening i was like i don't believe that but uh it's true um there were in this next record book it's two book edition um and we're going to talk about why you should enter your animals uh here next but um it's a two book edition and if this would ever load um I think there's 15 new world records in this in this edition, which is unreal. Yeah. Um, and there's 12, and there's 12 with over 14,000 new entries since the eighth edition was printed in 2017. Um, uh, the book is set to publish April 2023. Has 75 new top five all-time ranking trophies, 14 confirmed new world records, with the possibility of an additional 12 new world records that are still pending. New world records. Um, so and that's, pot- and that's before this fall. That yeah, that's before season even gets here. That's yeah. a possible 26 new world records, which last year alone, well, in the last recording period, there was 10 new world records, which is yeah. unreal. It it is. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a bow hunter. And now that we're recognizing, you know, velvet entries, there's there's a lot of potential. There, we're gonna see some world world records broken. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's just exciting. Like I know you and I had a conversation not too long ago about it where it's like, Hey man, it, it just kind of hit me as I was putting in for tags this year. I'm like, man, I better get up and get some stuff going, get some hunts moving forward because I literally have to have my stuff in Chatfield in the office by December 31st, or you're not going to make this record book. You're going to be waiting eight years to make the next book. So, yeah. you know, for anybody who I'll tell you what, if you have some, some successes fall or you if you had it 10 years ago and haven't entered it yet. Exactly. If you had it 10 years ago and you're, you've been thinking back and forth. Now is the time, you know, to call a measure. You look on the website, it's easy to find a measure. And these guys are great. I mean, just really good, good people. Call them up, visit with them, set up a time, have it entered and, uh, and put it in the book. I mean, it's, it's all about the animal. And I, I've had guys, well, I'm just not into the notoriety. And I'm like, dude, you have your own outdoor TV show. Yes, you are. And it's like, it's well, not- I've just never been into it for that. And I, I was like, here's the deal. It isn't for you. It's hundred percent, hundred percent. And those animals deserve to be in there. And you know, when, when fish and game agencies are looking at, our records to help with management decisions they're making. You want them to have the very best data they can have. hundred percent. So it absolutely has nothing to do with you as a hunter. Uh, one of our good friends, Brandon Waldell, he just puts his initials um, because yeah. like, it's not about me. It, it has nothing to do with me being able to puff my chest and saying, look how many animals I have in the book, that animal. And sure, I can take it to the deck to the taxidermist and put it on my wall and, and me and my family remember it forever. But that animal deserves, because what happens if I have a house fire and I lose that animal? That animal deserves to be in a book amongst its peers for everybody in the world to celebrate and say, man, dude shot a uh, 145 in Oklahoma or dude shot a uh, 380 bull in Wyoming or whatever. 
yeah. that animal deserves the recognition, the the honor and the respect that we can give it by putting it in the books. And so I would just like Jason said, if you shoot one this fall, if you shot one 12 years ago, we just announced yeah. a new world record that was shot. How many years ago? 15, 15, 15 years, ago. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 2000 and seven was it I oh, think 2005 it was, yeah. 2005 i think okay. i don't know anyways a new world record that was shot 12 years ago had that guy went without entering that animal that world record um would never have been honored would never yeah. have been in a book amongst its peers at the top of the list at that the guy owed it to the animal to put it in there you owe it to your animals to put it in there um even if you don't make the books guys, every harvest with a bow is to be commemorated and to be applauded. And it's phenomenal. But if you make one that's big enough to put in the books, one of the biggest misconceptions, let's just tear this down real quick. One of the biggest misconceptions, I have the minimums here. Um, people automatically associate Pope and young with um, Boone and Crockett. And, and I've never killed, you know, that big of a deer. And then I tell people the minimum for a white tail deer typical is 125 inches. And they're like, Oh, I have several of those yeah. guys. Pope and young isn't about killing the biggest, baddest animals you've ever seen in your entire life. Pope and young is about commemorating well, uh, well, well-aged mature animals. Yeah. And that's all it is. Most guys, and this podcast is for beginners. So I'm going to tread lightly. Most guys who have spent five plus years in the woods have at least laid eyes on a 125 whitetail. Mm-hmm. They have uh, minimum mule deer. Um, 145, uh, typical 145. I'm not a mule deer hunter, but most guys who have spent five plus years hunting mule deer have at least seen a 145. And they're like, wait a minute, these numbers are a lot more uh, obtainable than I thought. You know, I have a few of those on the wall. Guys, we're not about, you know, Boone and Crockett, which they serve their purpose. I'm not saying anything negative against yeah. Boone and Crockett. They serve their purpose of where are the biggest and baddest animals coming from. They serve their purpose. Pope and Young's purpose is completely different. We want to take this to yeah. state legislation and show how many mature whitetails were killed in 2022 with a bow. We want to take it to state legislation and show how many mature mule deer were killed in 2022 with a bow. And we need the hunter to do that. We, we yeah. need you to submit your animals. Otherwise, we don't have the data. Um but with 14,000 new entries since the last book, th- there's something to be said. And, and Jason, I want to ask you, you know, people say, oh, back in the good old days of hunting, this is the good old days of hunting. There it's were right 10 now. new world records killed in the last in two years. Period. In yeah. two years, 10 new world records. What do you equate yeah. that to? It's, you know, the North American model of wildlife management. It's working. You know, our, we have, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying that every herd in the country is better than it ever has been, because I'm sure there's places where, you know, the 1940s were the greatest. Um, Obviously, if your favorite tree stand location is now where there's a Walmart parking lot, probably not the best day for you. But what I can tell you is across the board, our wildlife populations are very healthy. It is leading to, you know, the management especially for these whitetails. These, these whitetail guys do have management practices that are generational now. And the quality of deer that they are harvesting as evidenced by what we're getting in the records is, is a better class of deer. We're getting, you know, world records. We had, you know, two 320 inch whitetails. Yeah. What? 320 is an elk. <laughs> That's not a white tail, yeah. but you know, Luke, Luke Brewster, Brian butcher, both great, great guys. Um, you know, it's, it's just, you see stuff like that and, and there's success stories all over North America right now with that. They called a special panel five times for a mountain goat being broken five times in a year for a new world record mountain goat. We're talking world record. We're not talking it was big. We're not talking it was special. Right. We're talking a world record being yes. called to special panel five times in a year. And I was actually just listening to, to Tim, our director of records, tell somebody the, the mountain goat got broken last year before it ever even got finalized. Like, dude had a new world record. It was verified. Here it is. But before the paperwork even got finalized, a new mountain goat comes in and it beats that world record. We're living in the in the good days of hunting for the sure. Good old days, yeah, for sure. So it's 
you know, and, and I've got one story that I, I, I just love to tell. I've been doing trade a variety of trade shows and especially in the outdoor industry for a long, long time. And one of my favorite memories of all of those shows, I was at the Pope and Young. I Booth love this story at the Dallas Safari Club. And I think this was four years ago. And it was, I, I wish, I wish I could go back. I wish I would have written it down so I could have remembered his name. Cause, cause this is one of those things that literally changes your outlook on, you know, if not life in general, at least segments of how you do your life. And so these two gentlemen came down the aisle and it was one guy pushing his buddy in a wheelchair and, and he rolls, he rolls his buddy up to the booth and, and I don't know, I'm not a medical doctor, full disclosure. I have no idea, but my guess is that this guy had maybe had a stroke because he, his motor function wasn't yeah. there and you could see in his eyes, he was there. He just couldn't communicate it. He couldn't right. talk. And so, so anyway, these guys roll up and, you know, you're like, Hey guys, how's it going? Good. And, uh, it, you know, usually you have a spiel. You're like, Hey, are you bow hunters? And, and in this particular case, you can't really say that because this guy's not exactly drawing a bow. Yeah. And so anyway, they come up, they started talking and, and the, and the guy behind him leans over and he says, Hey, don't you have a couple bucks in there? And the guy, you see the gleam in his eye. Yeah. All of a sudden the guy's like, he says, you remember what those things scored? And he just nods his head and he had a little iPad that he wrote stuff down on. And so his buddy's like, what were those scores? The guy gets his, his iPad out, you know, he's shaking. He writes some really rough numbers. I mean, legible, barely. And his buddies, well, let's just find him. We had a record book laying out open on the table. So we flipped to the whitetail page. Sure enough, this guy goes right to the first score and he says, right there. And he points it out to his buddy in the chair. And he's like, you can just see the gleam in his eye. Yeah. Cause all of a sudden that guy back. is 21 years old, sitting in a tree somewhere. He's never going to, unfortunately, never going to be again. Yeah. Then they looked up his second one and sure enough, there it was. And he knew right there to the eighth of an inch, what those two bucks scored. Yeah. Looked him up and, and his, you could just see, I don't know if it was five minutes. I hope it was all day. I hope it was for a month because you could see it in his eyes, whatever it was, he was transformed yeah. back. And right then the guy signed up for a four-year membership, just like that. And yeah. it was just one of those things where you would just hope that if something like that, something terrible happened, an accident or a stroke or something that kept you out of the woods or kept you out of the tree stand. You just really hope that you would have moments like that, that could take you back. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so for me, that right there was enough. I'm like th that guy for however long it was, he was transformed back. And I guarantee you for however long that lasted that day, that was worth every single penny it cost him to get him in the book. I guarantee yeah. you, there's no question. Well, and going back to that kind of sentiment, and we've already said it's not about the hunter. It's not, but um, in that instance, it was all about the hunter. Uh, and, and sure, the animals that he harvested will always be commemorated. But what about, you know, I've, I've thought about this. I'm like, man, I give up a lot of family time to go hunt. Mm -hmm. I give up a lot of time with my kids to go hunt. And, and what if one day when I'm dead and gone and, and my kids are trying to teach my grandkids or my great grandkids, like what I accomplished in hunting, it's one thing to say, well, we still have a rusty old trophy back here that he, that he, you know, got halfway done at a taxidermist and, and, but look here, like there's proof that he harvested and there's proof that, that your, your, your granddad, your great granddad, not only cared about the killing of animals, but the conservation side of hunting and, and it's special, man. And it, it's yeah. something that can never be taken away. Once they're in that book, they can never they're be there. taken away. Yeah. Ever. That's, that's why our next book has to be a two volume set. Yeah. Cause we now have too many entries for one book. So it's literally, yeah. we're going to have one volume that has most big game species. Second volume is going to be, and I'm not the editor. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, but 
I think they're going to do one volume is going to have either just whitetail or just I think deer. it's whitetails. Yeah. And so it's like, man, that's, it's pretty cool. And it's going to be incredible. the biggest, best one we've done. We're it's excited incredible. about it. Yeah. Um, real quick before we go, uh, tell me the, the three P's of, of Pope and young and what they stand for and what Pope and young stands to, to, to do. Absolutely. We're all about preserving, protecting and promoting bow hunting. And so, you know, the protection aspect, obviously we're preserving the records for North American big game taken with a bow and arrow. It's how seasons were, were started in this country. We didn't always have them. It took somebody keeping track to prove that it was a legitimate way of getting them. So our records program protects our heritage, the museum. We're in the process of, of getting some plans drawn up with Bass Pro at their Wonders of Wildlife Museum. So that's how we're protecting bow hunting, or um, that's how we're preserving it. The the promoting an angle, you know, we're out at, at mountain archery festivals. We're at S3DA. We're out in the community as much as we can, you know, and and we're just making sure people understand that there are resources out there for bow hunters that, you know, if you want to know more about it, Hey, here's where you can get on our website and learn all kinds of things from the best bow hunters in the world. And so we're always promoting it, whether it's Mount archery fest, total archery, whatever it happens to be. And then the third one is protect. And this is probably the one that we're known the least for, even though it's one that's such a, critical core value not only organizationally but every day and yeah. that is you know protect protecting bow hunting opportunities um you know most recently we had we helped the the folks you know on some some bear restrictions for washington for california both are trying to get away with bear hunting we've done um you know, one of the states, I believe it was Montana, wanted to require hunter orange for bow hunters, which is just doesn't make sense. And so, you know, we actually voiced our opposition. We said, hey, we are, you know, the, the voice of today's bow hunter. We have all of these records that, you know, we can show are, you know, all of these thousands, tens of thousands of animals taken with with very, very few accidents at all so this is not a necessary thing you know same thing they wanted to get rid of of bow mounted decoys in montana and we can we stepped in we said hey we are ultimately all about fair chase and this is not outside of the scope of fair chase you know Young believes this so the the good thing is that we have a seat at the table and people want our opinion because we have that historical representation of doing the right thing, even if it's not easy. Um, hundred yeah, you know, percent. And so that it's nice that we have a voice that the, the powers that be listened to. So that's yeah. the third one where we're out there protecting your rights. And, you know, now all of a sudden you may never want to use a, a bow bounded decoy, but now we're going to ensure that you have the opportunity if you so choose. But I can promise you, as a bow hunter, you don't want muzzleloaders hunting in your season. Um, and that's, again, those types of situations is where we step in and say, listen, you can't come in and, and let muzzleloader seasons in Nebraska during, during archery-only mule deer. You can't. Um, it's unfair to the bow hunter. Um, and, and those are, are situations every year that come up yes. where we step in. Colorado, you mentioned um, – the orange you know we don't want to have to as bow hunters in our archery seasons wear orange just so the muzzleloaders can come in and hunt that's not i mean that's that's not how it works um and so those are areas where pope and young stands up and says "Wait, wait, wait, wait we can't do this um and so i tell people the biggest reason to join pope and young for two reasons is there's power in numbers. So if we go before state legislation yeah. and say, hey, we represent 100,000 bow hunters uh, across America, that's a whole lot more powerful than saying, hey, we're a group of 10 bow hunters and we don't think this is is right. Um, so there's power in numbers, um, which, again, is 
is going back to our corporate partners and those people who stand behind us. Now we get to go and say, Hey, we're, we're representing bear archery. We're representing Scentlock, We're representing Garmin and Koa optics. Mm-hmm. We're representing all these people. And, and this isn't fair to the bow hunter. Um, right. and that's why we need you. Secondly is if your bow hunting seasons get taken, you know, it was just two years ago where Georgia, certain counties in Georgia were against the wall and losing bow hunting rights. If your bow hunting season gets taken from you, and you're not doing anything to help, you don't get to complain. You don't get to say, oh, where I'm a bow hunter. Where's my bow hunting? If you weren't doing anything to help bow hunting conservation, you have no right to complain. Um, and so for the for the sole reason of that, my kid's three years old. He's already a lifetime member of Pope and Young because I want my son to understand if you want to bow hunt, you have to do something to protect that right. Otherwise, it's going to get taken, and you have no way to say anything about it because you didn't do anything yeah. to protect it. Um, it's kind of harsh. It's kind of stepping on toes there, but it's true. Um, if you're a bow hunter, which I don't, I don't think you're listening to the, to the Bear Archery Podcast if you're not a bow hunter, um, you need to be a member because there's absolutely nothing to say. Uh, if if our rights get taken, we have no no skin in the game unless we're doing something to help that. Um, yeah. Jason, and now now you can you can join for free. All you have to do is buy a bare bow, which a lot of you probably do every year. You probably yeah. buy a new one every year. Now all you got to do is is take the initiative to to click the button and say, "Yeah, I like my membership, please." Um, and shout out to Bear Archery for buying your membership. That just yes. shows you how how strong they stand behind us. Um, Jason, I ask every every guest of mine, which I'm going to share a tip. I never do, uh, but I'm going to share a tip. Um, I ask all of my guests to share a field note, a tip, a trick, uh, don't pee in the wind type type trick. Um, as simple as, as you want to be or as complex as you want to be. Uh, Fred Bear is big on his field notes. And so I ask all of my guests to share a field note. Um, and talking about breaking records, talking about shooting animals big enough to be in the books. I have not figured this out yet, but I get asked often, how do I kill bigger deer? And the question is, don't shoot smaller deer. Um, the answer yes. to that question is don't shoot smaller deer. Uh, I put out a post not too long ago. I had shot a, uh, I think it was like 127 inch whitetail, great whitetail. I was super proud of it. Um, but I made a post saying everybody wants to shoot the one sixties, but nobody wants to pass up the one twenty fives. And I'm the type that doesn't want to pass up the one twenty fives. But if you know, there's guys like Alan Bolin who hunt all year long, looking at giants, we're talking Boone and Crockett scale animals and passes them. Yeah. Yeah. Top 10, because he's looking for top five. Um, if you want to kill bigger animals, you've got to start letting the little ones walk. However, you also have to understand where you're hunting. Um, if I see a 125 in Arkansas, it's dead in a heartbeat. If I see a 125 in Kansas, maybe let it walk because there's a chance of seeing a 160. Um, but you have to know what's on your property. You can't just go out and expect to shoot a 160 when there's only one thirties out there. Um, that's just the name of the game. Um, now if you want to shoot one sixties, you got to let the one thirties grow up. You got to let them get older. You got to let them get bigger, stronger, faster. You've got to let them mature. So my biggest tip, if you want to shoot bigger animals, let the little ones walk. Um, and also if you want to shoot bigger bucks, quit shooting every doe that comes out. I've got friends that shoot, you know, five does in a year. And then they're like, man, I just want to kill a big buck. And I'm like, well, you're shooting does November 8th. Like, (laughs) The does are what's going to bring your bucks in, so don't shoot every doe that walks out in front of you. Um, so two-part piece, if you want to shoot a bigger animal, quit shooting the smaller animals and then let your does hang out and stay around. Now, I, now I'm going to ramble and go down a rabbit hole because you do have to manage your property for does versus buck ratio if you want to have a healthy herd. I'm not saying that. Um, but again, your early season, your late season doe hunts, those are your opportunities to kill your does. Let your does hang out in front of your tree stand during the rut because they're going to bring in the big boys. Um, Jason, what's your what's your tip for us? Uh, you know, I would say for me, it's practice, practice, practice. You, yeah. you just cannot have too much mess, muscle memory. You cannot have too good of habits and – I, you know, there are some people who could go out and not shoot for a year, pick up a compound bow or a traditional bow, and they can just hammer, you know, they're playing cards at 60 yards. There are people like that. 
Right. Most of us are not one of them. And I'll tell you what, you owe it to yourself because one of one things, hunting is not cheap. You're talking bows, arrows, tags, licenses, you know, airfare, truck gas, whatever it takes to get there, to get it done. Hunting is not cheap. So you owe it to yourself to give the very best effort you can when you're out there. And then the other yeah. part of that equation is you owe it to that animal. You're taking their life or attempting to, you owe it to that animal to, to make a good shot and make a clean ethical kill on that thing. So um, I have never talked to somebody who's been successful. And like you said, we get to talk to the, the tip of the spear guys. I mean, Chuck Adams, Jack Frost, the, the guys who are shooting world records, Alan Bolins. Not one of those guys have I ever heard. Yeah, I've, I practiced too much this year. Not one. They all, those guys, they understand their equipment. They have their stuff dialed in. They know where they're going to hit and they still every day get that muscle memory because when things happen in the woods, it's amazing how fast things can happen. You know, you have an yeah. elk at 60 yards and you're like, okay, that's probably all I'm going to get. When he goes behind this tree, you're going to draw. Well, all of a sudden it, he takes a step back and now he walks straight at you. And, and now he's coming out at, you know, 12 yards and you haven't, there's no shot between 60 and 12 and it can happen pretty quick. You need to have the strength to hold that shot. You need to have the confidence in knowing that basically I I'm going to get close enough on my judgment of that distance to make a quality shot. And you have to have the confidence to pull it off. Yeah. You're only going to get that from practice. So I would say get out, practice more. Plus it's fun. I you put know, out a tip not too long ago and uh, it was about muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And there was like 20 people pipe up and says muscles don't have memory. Let me tear down that, that theory real quick. And, and again, I don't mean to go on a tangent here, but we are not like octopuses. Octopuses, you know, have brains in each limb and they can remember things in their arms and legs. Are you talking not, about octopi? Octopi. That's not us. I'm not saying that, that our muscles have memories, but muscle fibers do have memory. They retain movement. They retain. Um, there's a reason that if somebody, even if they haven't lifted in 20 years, but they used to be a, a world champion power lifter, they haven't lifted in 20 years. There's a reason that they can work back up quicker than somebody who's never worked out before because the muscles may have shrunk and deteriorated, but the fibers that are there still hold. And so they can build off those fibers now. So I say all that to say this, although our quote unquote muscles don't have memory, our muscle fibers, which are inside the muscle, obviously will hold those movements. And there's a reason that, you know, if I haven't shot my bow in two years, there's a reason that if I go out and try to teach somebody how to shoot, there's a reason that my body is going to adapt to shooting a lot quicker than they have because I've still worked the muscles in my back and my shoulders over time shooting a bow. Um, so you're right. Keyboard warriors, muscles don't have memory. However, um, our, our muscle fibers will hold that, that my, my back has, has built the fibers for shooting a bow. And so it'll build a lot quicker. It'll hold a lot longer, so on and so forth. So great tip, Jason, before we go, one more shout out. Thank you to our friends over at Koa optics. Um, Koa has been my choice of optics for about seven years now absolutely phenomenal uh their new 99 scope which is too big for me to carry in the woods it's going to be too big for most of you to carry in the woods it is phenomenal however i am a huge fan of the little 55 spotting scope um i keep it in my golf cart i keep it in my truck whenever i'm out in the woods um because it's so quick and easy to grab and look at stuff um but Guys, if you're in the market for new optics coming up this fall, I would highly recommend you to check out Koa Optics because they are, in my opinion, some of the finest Japanese glass that you could ever buy. So go check out Koa Optics. Jason, thank you so much for coming on. Um, seeing how I am the marketing director, I'll go ahead and give the plug for you. Um, 
pope-young.org for all your memberships, for all your shopping. We've got some phenomenal traditional archery stuff that's branded for, for Pope and Young, some jackets, vests, all the fun stuff, hats, shirts. Um, Pope-young.org. Check us out on Instagram, on Facebook at Pope and Young Club. Um, all one word, no underscores, no dashes at Pope and Young Club. That's Facebook and Instagram. Uh, but guys, I would highly recommend you, if you're not a member of Pope and Young, to strongly, strongly consider it. And like we talked about earlier, uh, that record book is coming up quick. So you've got until the end of the year to get those entries submitted. Again, you go to pope-young.org, find a measure near you, and get that that animal measured and entered for the next book. Jason, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, I appreciate it. You guys have a good week, and I hope you had a fun and safe 4th of July. <laughs>